Today's guest on the Gym Series is the legendary producer, Kari Needles-Kane. Needles is a multi-platinum, multi-Grammy award-winning producer that has worked with some of the biggest names in music, including Cardi B, Bruno Mars, Nicole Buss, Drake, Jeremiah, Lupe Fiasco, Jeezy, Lil Wayne, 50 Cent, and so many more. He is the man behind so many tracks that all of us have come to know and love, including Just The Way You Are by Bruno Mars, which he actually won a Grammy for. This is a really unique episode because Kari invited me to come record from his spectacular home studio. And as somebody with a passion for entrepreneurship and also a passion for music, this was really a dream come true for me. Everybody, this is a truly exciting episode. You will not believe the stories Needles has and the amazing lessons that he shares. Without further ado, here's the Needles interview on the Gem Series. Thanks for coming on. How you doing? Sure. How you great. doing, Needles? Great, great. great. Welcome. You on? Yeah, welcome to my my home, my studio. Absolutely. Online. Yeah, for anybody who's not seeing the visual part of this, uh, you know, Kari has been so kind as to welcome us into his studio. Mm -hmm. I am a huge music fan. Right. I, 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 I got a couple of bands, you know, but yeah. I'm not doing anything crazy. But yeah. um, this is like a dream come true getting to look around and see all of this here. So thank awesome. you so much for welcoming me into your home. Sure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, everybody, I'm sure if you haven't heard of Needles, uh, he is a multi-platinum a Grammy award-winning producer. He has worked with all the names that the whole world is listening to. <laughs> Literally informed, like, you know, my life, every, you know, the whole generation's life. Cardi B, Bruno Mars, Nicole Buss, Drake. It goes on and on and on. So, you know, really what I wanted to talk about is, you know, before music, what was your background? Could you just share a little bit of your story? Yeah, for sure. So I'm from Lansing, Michigan, uh, the Midwest. And, you know, Middle class family, you know, my, 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 both of my parents were educators and my father listened to a lot of jazz and blues in the basement, like all the time. So he's like a big time record collector. I mean, he'll fill this whole room up with, with records and he's a, you know, hi-fi equipment and all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, that was just the environment I grew up in. I didn't think to, you know, want to play any instruments or anything like that. Like my parents made us, you know, uh, take piano lessons and stuff okay. like that. But I wasn't like excited about it. Matter of fact, my brothers and I, we boycotted them one time saying we're not <laughs> taking any more um, piano lessons. But um, yeah, it was it was just, just the, the fact that music was in the house. It was just like subconsciously just building that, I guess, that, that taste over yeah. years. And um, yeah, I saw a movie when I was like in high school, this movie called Juice. And one of the main characters was a DJ. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he was like the coolest guy in the whole movie and whatever. So after seeing the movie, I just, you know, I told my father I want to DJ. And he's like, yeah, I get straight A's for, you know, a year. And I got straight A's and he bought me some turntables and just started mm -hmm. DJing in, in high school and in college. And that was really just, you know, it was fun. It was, yeah. a, it was a hobby. And I never thought I could make a living at it, though. From there... Um, I went to grad school at NYU um, because I wanted to learn more about the business side of, of mm -hmm. the music industry. Sure. Yeah, and sure. uh, I, I slowly stopped DJing and started producing, once again, just as a hobby. Mm -hmm. And that one thing kind of led to another um, in New York. And uh, I'm skipping some steps, but, but, but at the end of the day, um, I interned for Puffy. 
Puffy's label. Oh, yeah. yeah, for for Bad Boy. Bad Boy. Yeah. yeah, and they found out that I, my hobby was making beats, and so they told me to play them some music. They liked it, and they started sending it around, kind of like the rest is history. Dang. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So did it feel like you're just moving at lightning speed going through all of this? Um, like, man, it's so, so much stuff happened in between all those different steps. But yeah. Um, once again, it was kind of like I never grew up saying, yo, I want to do this as a living. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, back then, um, producing was rare. There wasn't like only a select few people that had the money to afford the equipment. Sure. Yeah. And, and so it's just something that kind of fell in my lap. And as a part of my internship for NY- at NYU, was you know, uh, I had to go out into the field and see what, uh, you know, an A&R would do and what those, what that environment was like. And for mm-hmm. me, I just didn't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like a lot of ass kissing, a lot of like backstabbing, mm. a lot of politics, and a lot of being fake and... I mean, you know, that's one part of the industry that you have to know how to maneuver. But sure, for sure. me at the time, I was like, let me just keep keep making some beats. And no, yeah. And yeah. That's great. That's yeah. uh no, I I think that's, you know, so cool too that you're like you just were able to trust your instincts yeah. and and really go after something that, you know, isn't the traditional route, right? 100%, yeah. Like I mean, I got a lot of friends who produce on the side or anything like that. And yeah. I mean, it's it's like hard to get out there. Oh also, my God. yeah, yeah. You know, um, for me, I would love to hear a little bit about. So were your parents always just like, no matter what you do, just super no. supportive of stuff? Well, they- <laughs> yes and no. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I started you started DJing, you know, my father was he was actually really hyped that to get me turntables. To the yeah. Point what kind of turntables? Yeah, they were. OK, so I started out with these really cheap Gemini uh, turntables mm-hmm. and, you know, he was just like, these are some starter ones just to see if you're going to take it serious. Yeah. And so after a while, I was practicing all the time and he saw me down there in the basement along with him just practicing. And and the big thing for him was like to kind of like level up my equipment. So he took me to J&R World in New York, which is like a big deal. Mm. Like, and I don't think it's there anymore. But we had to buy these Techniques 1200s. Ooh. Yeah. And those are like, you know, the top of the line. Yeah. Yeah. The go-to uh, turntables. And so he was definitely supported with that. I went to, originally I went to uh, Florida a and for my undergrad. And I was majoring in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, it just wasn't in my personality to kind of fit that mold where I'm yeah. And was that kind of what you were trying to do whenever you went there initially for business? And yeah. I think I saw marketing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. But the school I went to, is a really good uh, business school. It's called, uh, it was a school of business at Florida A&M. It was, it was at the time, it was one of the top ranked business schools mm-hmm. in the nation. And it was very, you know, wear your suit, shake hands like this, give your introduction like this. You know, it was very like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just and didn't like, fit my personality. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I feel like that's the thing. A lot of people just kind of follow this path. And, you know, if you're living lukewarm. Yeah. Right. Like, how are you going to be great? Yeah. You know? And that's kind of, yeah, I was just going through the motions. And yeah. I think one time I remember I was uh, it was like my junior year. And uh, I just remember being in my room listening to this new Wu-Tang album. 
And I literally like broke down in tears because it was just so good. And it was just like, I have to do music. Yeah. So from this moment on, I'm going to like pursue it. And for me, it was like, I have to get out of the school. I have to find my way to New York where everybody, you know, everybody at the time was in New York. Yeah. So I, I transferred to Florida State, which allowed me to uh, graduate earlier. Oh, cool. Um, and so I did that and I got to New York and that's kind of how I made things happen. It's yeah. Just gotta be in that environment. Yeah. Going down the, you know, that's something I hear a lot is, you know, your career path is, should be looked at as a bunny trail. Yeah. Versus something that's very like linear, right? Yeah. And well, I don't know. Like, yeah. It's really interesting. But, but when I, when I told my parents, when I was at, from, you know, when I was at FAM originally, yeah. and I told them I wanted to leave the business school. They just were like, they were I don't say they weren't with it. I just remember that conversation. Yeah. It was really like shocking to them because it's not a traditional thing. It's not like normal. It's not the normal way for a kid to be successful. It's a lot harder path in their eyes. But um, I think me telling them that if I were to transfer, I would get in-state tuition. (laughs) it was a little bit of that but then yeah. shortly after they really really you know they've always had my back you know yeah they, they've always really jumped in and they're they've probably been my biggest supporters over there yeah the yeah you know i mean and that's the thing i feel like even with my parents they're like hey i know how my life worked yeah. out and they're just trying to pull from their own experiences and all that to to be like I just want you to be as happy and successful as possible. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because I'm going through all this again with my daughter. I'm really? A, I have a senior and she's applying for schools and, you know, she wants to be in the music business just mm-hmm. like me. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, well, you. it's kind of something you have to jump into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Going to school, I think, definitely helps in regards to building your network of friends. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the curriculum, depending on what school you go sure. to. Sure. But it's also like the location of the school, um, what opportunities you have outside of the school and, you know, what you do with your spare time yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's really interesting. I'm really curious to see where she's going to land out and what's going to be her path. No, that's, you know, this thing. that's, that's gotta be kind of exciting too. I mean, it is. Like, you can kind of like put her on to so many, so many different things. I Absolutely. Imagine, you know? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. So she didn't get into her dream school, which is NYU, which I'm pissed about. But yeah, what the uh, hell? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's a really hard school to get into. You know, it is. It's, it's like it is. A really, um, it's like a probably the school she was applying for was, uh, you know, yeah, people come from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so we're like pivoting and trying to figure out what's the next best thing. But yeah. like I said, everybody's path is different. So yeah, truly, truly. Yeah. So what were some of the kind of big obstacles that you faced coming up on this path? Yeah. I miss, oh man, so many. I mean, being broke <laughs> is is <laughs> a, a large part. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a large part of it early on. Um, I mean, it's really something to where, like I said, I was interning at Bad Boy and they turned my music into this label, Def Jam. Mm. Uh, and the A&R at the time, the person who heard my music, uh, A&R'd for, uh, for Method Man, Red Man, and DMX, right? Yeah. So like she would keep telling me, yo, just keep coming up, bringing me stuff, bring me music or whatever. Yeah. And I would bring her stuff and I would... Uh, yeah, and she would she would like it, and one day she said, "Hey, I want to manage you." Mm. And then right off the bat, tell me about that feeling. Yeah, no, like, I I can remember like 
I, I remember being in that office uh, and right off 8th Street and uh, just being, it was just seemed surreal. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just yeah. surreal because once again, I'm walking in and Jay-Z's coming down the hallway and you know, this is Def Jam at the at the prime, you sure, know what I mean? Yeah. So like just to make it upstairs in mm-hmm. that building was just like mm-hmm. you had your sticker and you were you felt so accomplished because as yeah. you're going up, it's the Rough Riders coming down or mm-hmm. it's you know, Murder Inc. It's, <laughs> it was just everybody yeah. at the time. So um so right off the bat. Maybe after she, you know, she wanted to manage me, like maybe within a month, she got mm-hmm. two placements on this uh, Rough Riders compilation mm-hmm. or whatever. And I I thought I made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was still in school. I think I was in my senior year. I was still in school and I got uh, my first check was like for 5000 My second one was like 7500 mm-hmm. And I was just thought I was rich. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the time, yeah. I'm a bro- I mean- you know, I'm a broke kid. And I thought... and. More than that, I thought it was going to keep coming. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I thought yeah. every month I was going to get stuff mm-hmm. like this. So it went from me, um, you know, having that little $12,000, you know, um, spending that money on a, a big 27-inch uh, TV at the time. That was yeah. like big. So I had yeah. a big Super Bowl party and I just thought I was balling. Yeah. And it was just like I, I didn't see another check for another like six to eight months and I, I was like dead broke you know what i mean so it's like yeah that taught me a lesson in just how it works and how you have to stretch your, you know budget your money and make make things work mm-hmm. um and yeah it was it was a grind but my, my manager was just like just stay just keep making beats keep your head down just keep making making stuff and she's gonna get the placements and um yeah maybe like a year after that um i got <laughs> i remember this like i'm I'm uh, driving, I was, I was thinking it was a Brooklyn Bridge coming back and my manager calls me and she's like, G-G-G-G-G-G unit. And I'm like, <laughs> that's like 50 cents little tag at yeah, the time. Yeah, and he was like yeah. the biggest, like he was oh, huge, huge, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so what year is this? This again? is 2005, 2004, oh, yeah. 2005, yeah. On it's, top of the world. Yeah, yeah on, on top, top of the, of the world. world. So he's coming off his first album, going into the second album. And I, um, she was like, yeah, they picked two songs. And one of them ended up being a song called Piggy Bank was at the time was like a big, like disc record in New York and everybody's like hot 97. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking about this record. And it was, it was really like cool times. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you were, I mean, I feel like in the music industry, obviously I'm sure everybody has this, but we all do a little music here, so yeah. but I feel like there's so many intense highs. Oh my god! And low, yeah, low, 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 yeah. Lows, it's it's definitely, it's definitely made me a more kind of like even kill person. Yeah, because I've been through so much up, so much downs. So like, you know, we had our run in in New York. You know, G Unit, Jada Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of people, uh, you know, yeah. Red, Red Man. And then music started to change. Um, the South started blowing up. So like mm-hmm. T.I. and they started taking over. And you could literally, you could see the the energy shift in New York. Like they mm-hmm. didn't have it on lock like they used to. Yeah. And things started slowing down for me. I, started, I wasn't getting as many placements and things like that. And so, you know, 
I was like, look, we can't sit here and just go broke. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, we're, we're gonna have to move, just like I moved to New York because mm -hmm. everything was there, we're gonna have to move to Atlanta. And we did we did that, like dead broke. Like we came down, mm -hmm. um, it was funny, we had my wife and I, was, we're packed with our two young children and we're thinking we're moving into uh, this house that we put a deposit on. Mm -hmm. Come to find out, we got scammed. Oh, <laughs> shit. Are you serious? Yes, we got scammed. So, like... You're like, got, welcome to it? Yeah, no, exactly. No, so we literally had to drive past the house that we thought we were going to be moving into. Oh. And we um, had to live at her, my, my wife's house for in Jacksonville, Florida mm -hmm. for like oh, like six months, just, just trying to wait, waiting on old checks to come in and yeah. trying to piece things yeah. together. So that was like probably one of our lowest moments to yeah. where, you know, it was kind of like, man, I don't know if I got it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to support a family with this anymore. Music mm -hmm. has changed. I have to adapt. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so, but it took a while. It was definitely, um, you know, it was good that we had family, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? But um, but finally a check, one of the industry checks, and they take so long, you know what I How mean? How long does it I mean, take? You'll, and what's crazy is you'll give the people the music and the song will in, be in stores and on, mm -hmm. you know, on the radio. You're but like, you still, yeah, like, I yeah, yeah, I made that. Can I get my second half? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, six to eight months, sometimes a year. It's, it's, it's really crazy, so. We were waiting on one of these checks. I got the check. We moved to Atlanta and uh, uh, we rented a house. Mm -hmm. And I just slowly started to grind and meet people. And it was definitely really, really, really slow, really hard, really a struggle. A struggle yeah. for another another year, year, year or so. And then um, I got a call uh, for a friend of mine. He's like, look, man, I need you to go to the studio and play some beats for this for Lil Wayne. Uh -huh. Or and he's like, like he's I'm like, I'm like, of course, yes, I'm going. Like, Say less. Yes, I'm yeah, I'm gonna head up. Exactly. So now this is C D time, right? You're mm -hmm. still making CDs. And so I had to burn my music on a C D. Yeah. And so I went down there to meet it wasn't Lil Wayne, it was like Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne Draham mm -hmm. guy. So I went down to I think it was Hot Beats over there, uh, kind of like in Midtown. And I just remember pulling up and parking and waiting for the guy. And I just remember him, I just remembered I, this, this the, the Sharpie that I had to write my name on the CD, mm -hmm. it like wore out. <laughs> so I couldn't write my name on the CD. Yeah. So I ended up giving this guy a blank, a, a, or a barely readable CD. So yeah. he, he has the music, but he has no idea where the, beats came from mm -hmm. it's funny i thought you were about to say it so i got out a needle no no needles. i was like what yeah yeah no no that's a that's a that's a whole nother thing it's it's that's interesting we'll definitely get into that but um so i gave him the cd and maybe like three weeks later um people are saying like Lil Wayne just leaked a whole bunch of songs yeah. on the internet. And maybe like five, I gave him like 10 beats. Five of those beats he leaked on the internet, which back then Dang. wasn't a good thing. 
Well, no, yeah. yeah because it was just like, like, like yeah. 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 I was in college. Yeah. yeah. I was in college and everything leaked. Yeah. yeah. And he leaked, yeah. he leaked all of these, um, these songs. And I'm like, dang, I'm not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. There was one beat on there that Busta Rhymes had picked or something yeah. like that. And so Buster Rhymes ends up calling, screaming on my manager because they already picked the beat and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I'm just thinking, like, man, I'm not going to get paid for all these good beats. No, these yeah. Are, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, hours invested and yeah. You know, yeah. But one of those beats ended up like taking off. It slowly started to build momentum, and it had uh, it had Drake on it. So it was a song with Lil Wayne and Drake, and it was called "I'm Going In." Oh yeah, yeah, and so that's a classic. Yeah, right? that's a classic. Yeah, yeah, so it just started picking up legs, legs. You know what I'm saying? And it just kind of, it kind of took off. They put Jeezy on it, and uh, that was my first big record in Atlanta, and that really kind of helped set the foundation for, mm-hmm. for our, you know, really what what was to come next, which was, you know, all kinds of other big records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Song, yeah, yeah, that's well, it. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> yeah. people say that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like people say, I'm going in. I'm going and in. Don't, like yeah. still today. Like, Absolutely. And that song is such a classic. Yeah, nah, you know, something that stands out to me, though, is you're like so relentless. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You have like, to be. How, did you, how did you kind of build up that mindset to, to get to the point where you're like, you're like, I don't care if I'm broke. I'm just going to go yeah. to my next thing. Yeah. You know? Like, um, I, th- or whatever I just knew what I didn't want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I knew I didn't want to work a nine to five. I know mm-hmm. I didn't want to um, have a boss. And I don't know. I just knew I, I, I had a passion for it. It's something I love to do. And I knew that I could make money. I, I You know, three or four years prior, I, I was making good money doing it. Yeah. So I knew I had the capability to do it. It's just like sometimes just meeting the right people, the right opportunity and stuff like that. And just being prepared for that opportunity. So, yeah, I just, I never really gave myself any plan B's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, it was just like, just keep going. And, you know, luckily my wife had a pretty good job and she kind of held us down for years. So it'd be kind of like ups and downs where mm-hmm. it's, yeah. like, it's like, you know, I'll get a couple big records and I'm like, oh, you can quit. And then I'll go broke <laughs> or things will slow down. And then, and then, um, you know, it's just kind of that. It's a relationship. It's a yeah. marriage. No, you know what truly, I mean? And, yeah. and and so um so yeah, I really wasn't stable, stable until you know, I was you know, until maybe two thousand nine, two thousand ten, where I was uh doing so prior to this when I was kinda of like in the New York days, I did mm-hmm. a lot of stuff for this rapper, uh Lupe Fiasco. Lovely. Yeah, so yeah. I was on his first album, and we 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 were really cool. We used yeah. to, you know, do a lot of stuff for his mixtapes and all kinds of stuff. Um, but I was working on some stuff for him, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted him to like because he started to become go from underground to like a little more commercial. Mm-hmm. So I wanted yeah. to do something a little more commercial for him. And uh, pretty what one of the first times I really collab with somebody um, was a, a good friend of mine, his name is Cassius. He was in the studio and at the time, I didn't know he played keys or sang or, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like a rapper. He was just kind of like hanging around. Yeah, yeah. And we were just in the studio, just kind of messing around. And, he, uh, you know, he had given me like a, gave me a, like a chord progression mm-hmm. via the phone one day, 
you know what I mean? And <laughs> he's because I don't really play keys mm-hmm. like that. So, and he knows that. So he kind of hummed it, hummed the melody line on on the phone and I played it. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, and then later on, he ended up being in the studio with me and he came up with this hook and it was called Just the Way You Are. And <laughs> I did that song for Lupe and I wanted it to feature Adam Levine. Whoa. Yeah, that was my goal. That's so interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that was my goal for that song. So we pitched it to Atlantic or his record label, and they really loved the record, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and so, um, you know, months have went by, and come to find out, Lupe and his label were kind of like button heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just things went radio silent for a while and he's like you know what i don't think lupe's gonna do this song um well first what happened was we're gonna try instead of adam levine we're gonna try this new kid uh bruno mars on the hook and i'm like i don't want bruno yeah, mars I'm who's bruno mars man yeah, i don't want so funny bruno, to yeah. think about right yeah, I like, want, yeah exactly you didn't know him like that yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's like yeah i was like i want adam levine but they was like <laughs> bruno mars so they they bruno cut the hook Mm-hmm. And Lupe was supposed to do the verse, but he just never did it. And then things went silent for a while. I kept working on the song. Yeah. For a month, I worked on that same song. And I got a call, and his A&R, his name's Aaron Bayshuck. He's like, look, man, I'm going to change your life. And I'm like, ha, whatever. <laughs> He's like, you have Bruno Mars' first single, mm. you know, just the way you are. And I was like, cool. You know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. I didn't, you didn't know it was going to go on to do what it did. But I heard that they sent me the record. To this day, I still, I got to find it. I got to find the, the. they sent me the record with a watermark saying, this is owned by, so it would go, it'll, it'll play for a little bit every like 10 seconds. It will say, this is owned by Atlantic Records. So whoa, for me, yeah, for me, yeah, for me not to, to leak it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it ended up being a huge record. Um, number one in the world, sold, I don't know almost 15 million records and stuff like that yeah Golly. i yeah. mean that's i mean that's yeah. huge like, yeah Super there's nobody cool. who doesn't know that song yeah you know? like um whenever you first heard the hook were you like oh yeah like did you have like a eureka moment like oh yeah that's it or when it all came together i was like yeah this sounds cool if it, mm. it feels right yeah. you know what i mean but never did i think it was gonna the weird thing with yeah. music too is it's so subjective. So, so even subjective. if you think something is amazing, yeah. you might release it and it's just like a total flop oh, man. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's crazy is as musicians, every night, you got to think there's millions of kids every night that we go through this process of making a, a beat or a song. Yeah. Thinking the song is the best song we've ever made or best mm-hmm. beat we've ever made to dreaming what we're going to get when we get the money from this number one song <laughs> yeah. to nobody liking the song to it going nowhere mm-hmm. and for us to have to do that night after night after night <clears throat> yeah me, it's just like a very you just you just you because you love it, you want to keep keep going and doing it, but it's definitely something that will just humble you. you know Absolutely. What I mean? Yeah, because Absolutely. there's so many people, especially now because technology has allowed so many people to have access to the mm-hmm. equipment. Oh, yeah. It's very, very competitive. And there's so many people every night, like I said, have that 
feeling like this is the one. I'm telling you, this is it. This is a hit, and no one, and it goes nowhere. Yeah, it does. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's an interesting thing that I wonder if you know the people that own Spotify. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's a lot of people. No, yeah, it's, totally. it's real, real stuff. Yeah, I wonder. You know, and something that I always think about, and I've been like, even thought like, oh, I would love to have, ask someone like you know, like yeah. you about this is. Whenever you make music, you know, there's that phase where you're, you know, you're listening to it and you're like, oh, this, this sucks. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, this might be something cool. Yeah. And, and you go through the motions with it. Yeah. What do you do to, to like. To break out of it. Yeah. Break out. What? Yeah. What's your, what's your process like with, with mindset for that kind of stuff? You know, it's tough, man, because inspiration, I just read this quote the other day. It's like inspiration will find you, but it has to find you working mm -hmm. or something like that. So yeah. you have to really put those hours in and you really have to, you have to really shoot in the gym. You know, you have Truly, to really put yeah. those shots up in order for it to come. Um, so that's one part of it. Mm -hmm. You can't really stop working completely. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, for me, there's been a few things. For me, it's like getting new sounds. Mm -hmm. So I may stop just making music for a week and just gather and you know really find a whole bunch of new sounds mm -hmm. that that i could uh start to make new stuff on the yeah. following week um collaboration is cool mm. um and that's this, collaboration is really big uh these days um which i think is good and bad honestly i think yeah. it's i think it's good in a sense that you're getting uh some a kind of hybrid or a melted mm -hmm kind of two two people two yeah. is better than one idea but i don't know that because there's so much collaboration i don't know that we're getting these these genuine ideas right like these genuine unique yeah, ideas I've, I've thought about that because i feel like if you haven't taken the time to truly develop your sound yes there's levels of compromise that kind of come oh with my that God. collaboration yes you know, even just in a social kind of thing you're oh, like man. you don't want to hurt somebody's feeling be uh, like yeah these 808s yeah yeah whatever it is yeah. and, and, and what's really interesting is um that's the big thing in the music industry now is like with publishers and 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 managers they say oh this guy makes good beats. This guy makes good beats. Mm -hmm. Let's put them together and we'll get a super beat. Yeah. And it just doesn't work like nah, that. You know what I mean? Nah. Like what, you know, they'll throw people in a room. We'll meet for the first time. I don't know what your strengths are. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, we might use different equipment. I don't know yeah. exactly, you know, what our approach should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, yeah. it's a lot of compromise. And I think in my position as a producer anyway, there's a lot of knowing how to tell people it is whack without saying it outright. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, let's pivot to this or let's try doing this or yeah. let's let's switch vibes up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm in the mindset of working with a small group a whole bunch. I, you know what I mean? I like As opposed that. to work with a new person every day. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like knowing what to expect from the songwriters and a lot of times i use this, the same songwriters because i know how to speak through my songwriter to mm -hmm. the artist yeah you know what i mean yeah. like i can i can say look it, i'm looking for um something melodic but i still want to be able uh, for the artist to be able to 
explain that she can actually sing. So mm-hmm. we need long notes for the pre, and then we need to go back to something melodic on the hook. Like, yeah. uh, and I can say that to my writer, and he like got it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we work for you know so many times. So I, I'm along those lines. I, I think uh, you know if you look on records now, there's like 16 people on one record, mm-hmm. and you know. And it's sometimes it's good. Sometimes you can come up with some great stuff, but I just feel like the level of uniqueness nowadays, it, we're, we're, we're missing some of that also because of social media, mm-hmm. because everybody can see what everybody else is doing and everybody yeah. is copying their replicating. So like, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, um, so to add, go back to your question, um, I find myself in that being stuck place all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I, yeah, yeah. It's like, when I started it, I was always inspired. Like, oh man, the Neptunes, those beats are crazy. Mm-hmm. Kanye, yeah. those beats are crazy. Just Blaze, all these people with their individual sounds were just something that was just so inspiring and, and inspired for me to like, oh, I'm gonna have my needle sound. I'm gonna have yeah. this, you know what I mean? But I don't really get that as much. I don't get those wow moments. Like mm-hmm. this beat is crazy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. To make me run and yeah, I gotta beat this or type this. Yeah, It's more so, I'm at a point in my career where I feel like I have to, I have to be the one inspiring people or taking chances mm-hmm. and doing stuff that makes me happy instead of waiting for somebody else to inspire me or, or blending in. Like I have to be the one, be the thought leader. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I feel yeah. like I feel like I can be, um, or one of them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I would say hands down. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm like you've informed entire generations. You yeah, know? like. I, we're, you know, we're joking around a little bit about, you know, I, the song I'm going in and everything. Yeah. And, but I mean, it's literally like all of these songs are just like plugged in yeah. growing up, you yeah. know? So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, man. I, I, you know, and I, I like to think, I guess part of the story that I was curious about too is, mm. you know, I'd love to learn, hear about maybe this specifically hone in on that, that season of life where you're in the music business. Mm-hmm. Uh, school at NYU yeah. and you're doing A&R yeah. like what was the yeah what were you thinking about around then because like I know yeah. A&R is like that's you know it's still hard to do but oh, it's, yeah. it's a traditional route a little more traditional it is um so back then A&Rs were they were really the glue they really put the right artist with the right producer yeah. and they also sequence the album they made sure the collect like the album gave you a whole experience you know what i mean it wasn't just uh now it kind of feels like just uh just a group of songs you know Mm -hmm. i mean there's no interludes there's no uh there's no feel like when you want after you get done listening and the album doesn't leave you with an impression yeah as much as it used to you know what i mean there's songs or there's albums here and there also because we're a single singles based kind of uh, society now in that, that because the, when CDs died and, you know, we went to MP3s and streaming and stuff like that, people had the opportunity to uh, to just pick the song they like and just listen, you know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. kind of, to me, it kind of ruined or the, the whole listening experience. But yeah, uh, A&Rs were a big deal. Um, once again, though, when I started interning, like for the first month, all I did was get people coffee. I guess it's paying dues, mm-hmm. but yeah. at the time, I'm like, I'm a little older too because I was I had already graduated college. Yeah, 
Um, I was a grad student, so I'm like 22, 23, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But some of the interns were my age, like not some of the interns, but some of the other uh, like A&Rs were young, you know, my oh, age. Dang, in a sense, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm like, I'm kissing ass this? to yeah. this thing. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, you have, you have to pay your dues. You have to be, I think, politics. I think uh, you just got to be a, a cool person, a cool people person. Um, and... It was like I said. It was just tough for me to conform to anybody's yeah anything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I can't even. I can't even really you know, explain it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a term that I've always heard is like whenever you want to really work for yourself, you're almost unemployable. Yeah, right? yeah, and, yeah. You're like I'm doing. I have a vision. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. It's 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 because it's not really anything. It's not to brag about, but I never really had a job. Maybe while I was in college, I think I worked mm-hmm. at the mail in the mail room or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think once you get that taste of kind of doing it yourself, whether it's hard, um, you, you know, you just kind of you, you. It's hard to be in any other kind of situation, you know, kind of situation. So yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, you know, maybe I could have humbled myself a little bit more to pay more dues and, you know. I, I don't know, but at the time it just it just wasn't for me. And I really, really, once again, I was really, really inspired to mm. make music, you know, as opposed to be on the the business side of it. I was just like you know, every night. I, I remember because my school, my classes, because it was grad school, was there were night classes. Yeah. So all during the day, I'm uh, making beats, Dang. and then going to school, and get out get out around like seven or eight. Come home, make beats until like three in the morning, go to sleep for a little bit, wake up, make beats. Like it was just a lot. It's almost like it was being in grad school really set me up because I had a lot of time to just really, you know, get good at my craft. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what was it like whenever you got discovered at Bad Boy Records where they're like, oh, yeah, you make beats, and they, they. How did that? Yeah, what? Yeah, you... I mean, first of all, I remember you know my first interview with them. I you know, I like I said prior to that, I was at a, a really traditional uh, school of business mm-hmm. where, like I said, you had to wear your suit. Yeah, you know what I mean, so yeah. I went there for my interview with Bad Boy with a suit on, <laughs> and like I think I had a briefcase and then my resume, and they, they were like laughing at me because. <laughs> They were like in jeans and t-shirts, and yeah. I'm like, and they, but they, I think they respected that I kind of took it serious. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how I got <clears throat> got the job, and the guy I worked for his name was Damon Eden, a really cool dude, um, and uh, this other lady named Francesca Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was just, but he he came to me. He was just saying like like, look, man, this this is like late one night after work. Look. What do you do outside of interning for us? Because everybody has a hustle. Everybody mm. here has a side hustle. Yeah. And I was just like, I just started making beats. I, you know what I mean? And they're they're cool. You want to hear them? You know what I mean? And I let them hear them. And they're like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. So I work for the part mm. of the I work for the part of the company that managed uh, the 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 Hitman, which was Puffy's producer. So yeah. it's like Stevie J and. D-Dot and Mario Winings and all these cats that made all these like 
Big Biggie's album, One Twelve, Faith, all of the bad boy yeah. stuff. So that's history. Yes, it's right history. Yeah. So what was cool for me was I well one of my job responsibilities was to like organize their beat CDs and their dats and their um mm-hmm. music to send out to other labels and to to disperse internally. Yeah. So I got a chance to hear what they were working on you know, as I was an intern. So that really let me know like what kind of level of music I had to make. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped me get get better. So I'm listening to like Mario Winans and like Stevie J's like beat CDs. Yeah. Going home like, yo, I think I could beat this or I could do something like, like yeah. this. Yeah. Um so it was it was that experience, you know, they would send me to the, you know, go to Sam Ash, get Mario Winans a tambourine, take it up to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like go to, you know, yeah. and so I spent some time at uh, Puffy Studio, Daddy's house. Um, and just seeing everybody, just seeing like people that you hear on the radio walk past you. Yeah. Is, yeah. Who are some of the artists yeah. you got to interact with a little bit early on where um, you're like, yeah, I mean, for me, a lot, a lot, for me at the time, it was the producers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Makes- so, there was, you know, there was a good part of time um, that I hung out with Kanye for a while, um, cool. which was cool. Um, I met him through, I think I met him through my friend, 88 Keys. Um, and it was cool because, you know, when we came up, sounds, like drum sounds and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they weren't like ready available, available like on like they are yeah. now. Like you can go to like Splice. You go to you go everything. Right? I, yeah. I, I, you Whatever. go. I, yeah, <laughs> you go to Splice and get everything. Yeah. But back then, we almost had to rob uh, somebody or steal to get sound. <laughs> yeah. Or something. Well, yeah. Not yeah. yeah. Not only that, but it's like you. Had, the thing was to get get in good with the engineers mm-hmm. that had the sounds that such and such used on this app. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like, like getting yeah. sounds was a big deal. So when Kanye and I were hanging out, like we traded uh, drum sounds or mm-hmm. whatever. And I remember he came to my apartment and I just got this new NPC 4000, this drum machine. I barely knew how to use, but I'm like giving him like Those all my amazing. best. Yeah, I'm giving him like all my best sounds or mm-hmm. whatever. And then... I think the day later, I met him at some other studio, and he gave me a floppy disk of his songs that we were trading, or yeah. whatever. So I'm, I gave him like some, and I go back home and take this. This sounds crazy. It's a floppy disk. Put it in my APC, <laughs> and the sounds he gave me were so trash that <laughs> <laughs> he played. <laughs> he gave me some trash sounds, oh. man. So and you're it's like, like, I'm, I'm like, like, I just gave you my best. Gave you my best drums, bro, <laughs> and you just gave me That's some so, trash. But but it hilarious. was cool. I mean, just honestly, I we were, I think we hung out just for a couple of days or whatever. But mm-hmm. it was cool yeah. seeing even him. Like at the time, uh, and he has a documentary that's out right now. That's yeah. it's funny seeing a documentary because I was I hung out with him a couple of times during that time when he was coming up in New York. So for me, seeing him living in Hoboken. He had this apartment with a pool table in it. It was just super inspiring. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he was driving his Benz. But he was also, he wasn't like, it looked like he was rich, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't like rich, rich. He was still living kind of check to check as as well. So, you know, to the point where he was like, do y'all got money for it to get across the bridge? You know what I'm saying? But we're going to a session where... (laughs) 
he goes into a room uh, where with these artists he worked or, or that he's working with, and I just see like I don't know, it had to be like twenty grand in, in cash on the table that he was getting that night. So it's like yeah. just to see all that stuff. I mean, working with I don't know fifty young buck, uh, all those Dang. cats. It was it was it was really dope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so was this was the Kanye era? Was that so that was, that was like like producer this, era? Yeah, this was pre like college dropout. Yeah, like this is so. producer era. Uh, one thing I always that's always been cool for me, like he's always kind of helped out. Like there was mm -hmm. like, there was an artist that I was um, working with. It was an R and B artist, and we were trying to get Kanye to do a verse. Yeah, and he did it. Yeah, like, yeah. So I have this Dang. like. I have this like really early Kanye verse and his jaw was still messed up from the car accident. Oh yeah. So you can like so he 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 always looked out and um and like I said, he he was more so of an inspiration just to see that this dude is I think he was like a year younger than me or something mm -hmm. like that. And he's like doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm seeing his songs on the radio. Um and and so yeah, it 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 there was a lot of that um just seeing people that you idolize and you're like rubbing shoulders with. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's uh yeah, that's that's really, really cool. I mean yeah. fifty cent too, I gotta imagine. Yeah. I mean, was uh along the way where where did you pick up any kind of like wisdom from some of these folks or was it more just observing it and living it and it was like being in there? it was like living it. Like I, I um I remember being like you know selling my first beat or whatever to the rough riders yeah. so the rough riders they're pretty like a hardcore group of like they're like hardcore yeah. like everybody yeah. from the management really. to the artists to everybody and i remember going into they were like mixing my they were about to start mixing my record mm -hmm. right and i'm young you know what i mean and the engineer he was doing these things called drops where the music would drop out while you know the rappers rapping, and you'll you'll do a drop, yeah. or whatever. And so I'm just so in like into the music, and you know, and I'm like, I just jump up and tell the engineer, "No, you got to do it like this. You can do it like this." <laughs> and then everybody like turns around and looks at me, like, "Why don't you go sit down somewhere?" <laughs> There's like a whole bunch of like gang, like just it yeah. was just it was yeah so i mean you just kind of got to learn your place early on and then mm -hmm. as you get more established you get to say more things and your voice becomes you know more powerful in rooms and yeah and you get more respect and things like that so uh, so many so many life lessons along the way i mean even uh you know but i, I, I will say this a big part of one of the, the mistakes i feel like i made in my profession was I was working all the time, like mm. work, like in, in my house yeah. working okay. so much that I would make music for people without being in the studio with them. Right. Mm. Cause it's hard. People yeah. say, people say, people think it's easy. Like you just, you just start out as a producer and then all of a sudden you're in the studio with Mariah Carey or something like that. It doesn't mm -hmm. work like that. You have no. to like pay your dues. No, yeah. So it was hard for me to get in the studio with them. So oftentimes I would meet the people after the fact, mm. you know what I mean? Like I met Bruno like a year later. Really? Yeah. Dang. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you know, I shake their hands. They don't know who the hell I am until I say, Hey, I'm needles. And they go, 
yeah, changed like, my life. You know what I mean? That type yeah, of stuff. So, yeah. um, so, but I think early on, and even still now, I think I, I'm, I'm a homebody to a mm-hmm. certain extent. But you really have to kind of get out there, show your face. People have to see you, and you have to touch hands, and people yeah. have to really know who you are because it's really out of sight, out of mind in this yeah. industry. You, that's why you see so yeah. many people just bragging and boasting and. Putting, yeah. you know, they they got their car and their Which, chain. Yeah, you gotta flex a little bit. You gotta bit, flex you know? because yeah. people, it's it's sad, but people, some people respect that stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah, you know. So, well, you know, something that I always was kind of curious about, mm. you know, reading about your story mm. and. It's, you know, you, you've always stuck with the producer route. Were you ever tempted yeah. to go to the artist side of things or like, well, it's was- funny you asked that. No, 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 I suck. <laughs> I'm not a good, I'm not a good rapper, but I, I, I just know how things are supposed to go. Just, mm-hmm. and I think that's because I was a DJ for a while. Like DJing is like real time. Uh, it's like a real time reaction, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that really, really, is something that I feel like it's helped me because you can play a record and have a crowd go crazy and yeah. everybody loves you. But the next record you play, if it's whack, everybody will turn and be like, oh, this is whack. You lose them. You, know like you, you lose them. You know yeah. what I mean? So just or if the tr- transition's bad. Oh, think, my God. Know, transitions. Like... Um, there's so many things when it comes to it, 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 This was a fault of mine. Same thing um, with DJing. And I went to school in Florida where. You know the DJs back then. They're like they're they're mixing and stuff, but they're always on the mic. Yo, yeah. yo shout out to this. You know, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? give yeah. up where my ladies at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But I was never like that. I'm just DJing. I'm just literally like this. You know what I mean? I like when the music speaks first. That 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 was my thing. But then, but what? Uh, this was a kind of a a, a life changing moment in a sense where I was like, man, um, I have to switch it up or I have to switch professions. So I went to like some step show or something like this right mm-hmm. and they say this guy's djing i never heard of the guy or whatever right so i'm sitting in the crowd waiting for this performance to happen and the dj walks in right yeah the dj walks in with like six girls that escort him down and he's Dang. like he's like it's um, a show it's yeah. a show yeah he gets on the stage and he's like, yo, where am I? And yeah, first of all, on the stage, he has this big sign, mm-hmm. you know, with his name or whatever. Yeah. Just like, and he's just all in the mic and the crowd is going crazy. And I'm just seeing this big performance. And that was a young DJ Khaled. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is in Florida. So it was a young DJ Khaled. And I was like, this guy has it down. Like he has the whole marketing piece down. Mm-hmm. He has the, you know, the charisma. He has all the style. And I was like, man. I don't know if I, I don't know if that's me per se, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was just something that it was just like, you really have to give people a show and you have to be an entertainer. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Producing kind of allowed me to be me as far as like my personality, I can work. I don't care for the spotlight. You know what I mean? I just, I'm, I'm in it to be creative and to inspire people and also mm-hmm. to make money. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to be in the front of anybody you know what i'm yeah, saying so yeah. that's kind of why this kind of kind of fits me but even now it's the same thing like you have to the big thing now is you have to have a tag mm-hmm. on your record so people yeah. know that this this is your record this is your record and i'm still so to me it's kind of corny but it's kind of the thing that people yeah. do just like hey i did this 
hey, everybody look at me. I make beats. And then creating a persona everybody, of your yeah, own. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I asked about the artist thing because, like, when I see like Pierre or something yeah. like that, you know, like yeah. he's starting to do. Pierre Bourne does his own stuff too, and it's really good. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, now but, now I'm transitioning to more like, well, I have my artist. I have a, a new label that I'm, I'm forming. Um, oh. the name of the company is ACG. Great. We have three artists right now. And it's a it's an opportunity for me to be creative, but through that label, I'm also going to be doing like instrumental albums and yeah. stuff that's catered more around me. And and if I'm not the person that's saying, "Hey, look at me," I gotta have somebody next to me doing more content, saying, "You know, mm -hmm. he did this. Did you know he did this?" And all this stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, and and that's something I think is really cool about what you're doing is. I mean, I think in any good position, ideally, you get to lift somebody else up. Yeah, yeah, for right? sure, for sure. And and that's the role of a producer in my mind. You Absolutely. Know, is like, how do I? I mean, maybe you can tell me a little bit about your philosophy. Well, yeah, kind of stuff, it's know? definitely managing personalities in the room. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, I work with arrogant songwriters. I yeah. work with, you know, because the the way it typically works um, on a day to day for me. I'll I have my engineer who's, who's normally here, and then um, then I'll have a songwriter, and we'll say, mm -hmm. "Hey, let's we're gonna work on some songs for Rihanna, right?" Yeah. And so we'll maybe listen to some old stuff, but then also say, you know, let's go in this direction or whatever, whatever. Um, and so we'll we'll typically make we'll make a song. For me, the big thing is guiding the. Not necessarily writing with the songwriter, but challenging the songwriter to make a big sounding song. So if I yeah. think the, if it's a small song or a small thinking song that's about, you know, my watch, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, that's cool, but not too many people, not the, the, the masses aren't going to gravitate to, to that. You know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's like, it's more so... Songs about love songs always. I always push love my song, song ready. Yeah. They always work, man. All pretty much all my my biggest records from Just the Way You Are, Selfish, uh, by PNB Rock, Cardi B, Ring, uh, you know, they're you pretty much all my like number one records are like love mm -hmm. songs. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's what I'm I'm really trying to I always try to push for that. But then once again, that's just the the dynamic of the everyday. But then when you have an artist in here. You kind of got to check the temperature of the artist, um, see what they, how, you know, what direction they want to go. One, I have to make a, 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 a beat or something that they like. Yeah. Then the songwriter has to write a song. It's so many, it's so many, uh, you're the captain of the ship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even, yeah. even telling the engineer kind of like how you want it to sound. You really have to be able to articulate that and without hurting people's feelings, mm -hmm. without, you know, you got to motivate people. So it's a lot of, it's a lot more than just hitting buttons, at uh, least where I am now. You oh, know what I mean? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. And sure. so, yeah, it sounds like you do have a pretty big team then now. That yeah. You're yeah. Yeah. Now it's, you know, like I said, the engineer on staff, like I have a partner with label three, three artists, um, you know, at one point earlier this year, we, we had a, a ton of like overhead, but we realized that this is a marathon being a small company, you mm -hmm. know, and breaking the artists, you know, it's really being consistent and totally and more than anything is just being consistent, creative and and you just have to have good music, too. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a pretty decent, it's small size operation, but we, you know, we have plans to grow. Um, I'm building a studio up the street, which is going to house, wow. um, a lot of what they're doing as well as, you know, I got all kinds of plans for that studio. So, um, yeah, this is just yeah. like, I thought I had a studio before this and this was supposed to just be temporary, mm -hmm. but it ended up being been here for a year hey a year is, a, i gotta say i'm like this is great yeah, over here yeah, so yeah i can't even imagine how amazing the studio is yeah be. yeah yeah i, I want to see if i have a time to show you guys it's like five minutes yeah no yeah. We'll, we'll definitely go check it out that'd be that'd be great yeah um so i want to hear a little bit about like peak of success moment yeah like you you bruno mars all this is rolling in kind of like yeah what's the yeah what, where's your head out right i think right? for me one of the uh one of the kind of cool moments was, um, you know, we moved to Atlanta, like we barely made it up to Atlanta yeah. and, you know, we have young kids. So then we moved again to a, for us, you know, it was an apartment, which is kind mm -hmm. of humbling, you know, for, for us coming from a house that we had just built to being damn near homeless to a rental house now to yeah. an apartment, but we want our kids to go to a good school district. Yeah. Um, so. It was one cool moment was like my my daughter, oldest daughter, she used to always go to her friend's house. She used to always love playing at her friend's house. It had this huge house in, in Brookhaven, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, it was funny because I was like, man, I don't know. I, this is before just the way you are, actually. I was like, I, I don't know if we would ever be able to afford anything like that. I was like, must be nice. You know yeah. what I mean? And my wife just loved the house. And... um and so maybe two years, two or three years pass. And, um, you know, my wife's always talking about this house, this house, this house. Yeah. And I, I, I produce uh, just the way you are. The money starts rolling in. And come to find out, it went from us like really liking the house to us buying the house mm -hmm. off that money. You know what I'm saying? And, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? Yeah, I'm like, whoa, this is this is crazy. I'm <laughs> yeah. in the house that we just thought was so unattainable. Yeah. And um and it, it's it's been so much. So I mean, one thing for me and my wife is just such a big dreamer mm. and such a person that's like, yo, we can do it. We yeah. can do this, we can do everything. We could like yeah. she just wants to do everything. She's an entrepreneur. Yeah, she's right? and my wife's yeah. an entrepreneur as well. Yeah. So she's opened up uh a few boutiques and she just opened up her new location in Emmett Park. Dang. Um so we're both living like living our dreams, just chasing our dreams. We, we never really settled and it's been a lot because you're trying to raise a family and you know you're yeah, moving sure. in and out the house. Um so you know that was a cool that was a cool moment. I mean I think we got I think that song was like song of the year uh, whenever, whenever that was, uh, yeah, I don't know, 2012 or yeah. something like that. Um, that was a cool moment um, just to be, you know, being at the Grammys. Yeah, I and, wanted to ask, yeah. what was the, what are, yeah, what are the Grammys like? Grammys is cool because, you know, we were sitting on the floor and just seeing everybody, just seeing, once again, <laughs> seeing everybody that you, yeah that you were competing with competing against uh seeing everybody that you look up to 
and you know everybody having their own little entourages but you yeah. still because you've been in the industry for so long you know a little bit of people here some people here so it's 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 um that's cool but i i think probably my my best or one of my favorite moments of my career was really when i first first started and um that first placement still talking about that rough riders placement yeah and i used to, i was living in harlem and it was maybe i don't know like two in the morning and i'm just like walking the street of harlem and all of a sudden this car drives by blasting the song i produced Whoa, and yeah. i was just like oh that's how I made it. Like nobody else, it felt like I was the only person outside at the time. Yeah, and I was just going crazy. Like, yo, that's my song. That's my song. You know what I mean? And that that to me is something that I, I just hearing somebody else just blasting your music for the first time is crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I mean, that is so cool. It's yeah. like you know, I think as artists, that's like the thing that anybody you know we don't care about analytics yeah you know? yeah and yeah like, yeah you just want people to like your stuff yeah, you just want people to be yeah. yeah or be like oh i see one person actually like yes like rocking my song and yeah. enjoying it no that's yeah. yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah for yeah sure. all right sure. if you're out there and you're listening to this yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right yeah so i mean it's, it's been a lot of cool moments but i, I never really get caught up in what I have going on. Like, I, yeah. it's like people will always like either see my house or see whatever. And they're like, oh my God, you're doing so great and all this stuff. But to me, there's levels to it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, there's yeah. like, this is cool, but this is, I have, there's, I want to go a lot further than this. Totally. You know what I mean? totally. So people are always, you know, are saying, oh, you're so humble or you're so. Like not phase, but I'm just like, man, I just got so much, you know, man. I got, I got, I got to, you know, I love the way you set goals. Man. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Set goals. For sure. Like every single time it seems like you keep yeah. topping the charts. Like what, how are you trying to make an impact now that you've, you know, yeah. you've done all these things? Great you, question. Great question. So now I'm at the point where, um, you know, I've had number ones in like five different genres. Yeah. Um, so it's a goal of mine. Put that, I'm putting this out there. I need a country number one and a Latin number one. All those, right. Those are those are two of my goals. <laughs> um, Is there any genre you won't produce? No. I mean, I, I'm. I got a noise rock fan. Oh know? really? Yeah, but as long like as long as it's on the, no, but as long as it's like I, I really want to see on Billboard charts in as many categories as possible because I have a. Number one urban, number one uh, pop, number one rhythmic, number one urban AC. And I feel like I'm missing one, but I, I really want to get like, I want to run. Cover the ground. Yeah, I want to cover the ground just yeah. to show people how versatile, versatile I am. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, that's, that's one thing. But for me, I'm at the point to where I, I want to discover the artist and I want to produce whole albums and really create vibes that people can live with and create superstars. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. in this we're in this age now where there's so many people coming in. They're in and they're here and they're gone. You know what I mean? But I, I, I don't know that we're creating music and songs that are helping people have long lasting careers that they can tour off of. 
yeah, uh, for, for, good, for forever. That's you know a good I mean? point. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. I think we're in this kind of microwave, um, make a, the catchiest song you can think of with a dance that goes with it, mm-hmm. make a label, you know, millions of dollars and then your old news. Yeah. You know I mean? so, it's so fast. Yeah. It's, it's fast. So now I'm, you know, I'm more so like, let's make something that that can last. Yeah, know, so. something that has a real impact on the world. For you sure. Know? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's uh, no, I think that's that's great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I was just like, you have a real talent for you know finding these stars out there. What's your process like for for being able to find somebody that you want to work with next? Um, for me, it's just trying to find somebody that's different. First of all, somebody that's mm-hmm. that's going to stand out, um, or something that in the industry or that's missing in the industry. Um, it's a lot harder to be different. You know what I mean? It's a lot harder to come in the game standing out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a longer path, but ultimately I think you'll have more success in the long run if you're the one setting trends and doing things as opposed to chasing trends. And um, Truly. Because typically, at least with rap and I'm kind of like a lot of urban music is like, you got to be cool. You got to be really like on trend, right? Yeah. But it's really, really hard to just be a trendy person. It is. And stay, it is. you know what I mean? Because trends change so I mean, fast. Rappers are the new rock stars. Rock yeah. stars don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? that's, like, that's what I'm saying. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of like you really have to either create something totally different and make that stretch as long as you can because it's really, really hard to keep adapting because after a while people are going to see like you're reaching you mm-hmm. know what i mean you're yeah. like you're not doing something that you know is yeah, natural to you know like you know why are you now doing dance moves when you started out as a hardcore rapper or something like that it's, it's yeah. kind of yeah, yeah it's like it's it's yeah, it's because of like tiktok and all this stuff so people's attention spans yeah that's mm-hmm. the other thing it's, it, yeah it's way more terrible like, it's just, yeah like, that's nothing true. sticks anymore yeah like, like the yeah it's it's really it's really interesting because it's kind of like the way the way music is consumed now definitely contributes to uh tiktok yeah tiktok yeah tiktok is oh when i when i talk to people that run labels Mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah i found my i found my next band off tiktok yeah and so 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 labels are labels are reactive now Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily going out there and finding talent they're reacting to what's hot on TikTok or what's Instagram. So I'll take yeah. I'll take the most talented person that can sing her ass off, looks great, can dance her ass off, yeah. um, make great songs, very personable, take them up there and they'll pass on it because they don't have, you know, they're they're not verified. Their numbers or, or yeah, they don't have the numbers. They do that all the time. Damn. They do that all the time. And you know, I could take it's frustrating. Too, no, it's it's, it's yeah. really frustrating. So it, it just kind of forces your hand to like, if you believe in something, to like, like uh, do it your own way. Like I have my own distribution yeah. company. I don't need a label to put stuff out. I think because of technology, you don't have to depend on a label to distribute your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's very cheap to distribute. So the power of labels, they're like slowly losing their grip. They always seem to... Mm-hmm. It's funny though because they like because it's such a you know it's a multi billion dollar industry so it's like you'll see them slipping but then they'll find they'll find a way to like stay on because so, they they thought 
things were over when people were like, uh, you know, pirating or streaming song like Napster. Mm-hmm. You know, they thought it was yeah. They thought it was over. Yeah. So now they have like Spotify and they're making a load of money up from all like Spotify, all the DSPs. Oh, you know, yeah. they're making a ton. Yeah, that makes sense. They're, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they they totally. found a way. They found a way to position themselves to still get that leverage and make crazy profit uh, margins. Um, but the labels that are the, the artists that are signed to the labels are still signed to these old traditional deals mm-hmm. where they're seeing like pennies. It's, it's really sad on what they're doing. So and I'm curious to see what happens in this, you know, this NFT world. Yeah. Where, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and the fact that they're such a reactive, uh, the reactive partners when there's now there's, uh, non-traditional ways to get funding mm-hmm. to market yourself. So you can partner with brands, you know what I mean? Like totally. if you like Vans and you can, you know, some, if your music is good and you have a plan, you can, you can partner with Vans and get some funding to shoot a video and do, you know, so it's a yeah. lot of that. There's a lot of that stuff going on. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, I'm sure you've seen plenty of people get pretty raw deals. No, oh, yeah, there, all the time. You know? Yeah. What is it? A 360 deal? 360 deals. Yeah. I mean, it's a. I see both sides of 360 deals yeah. because you really invest a lot of time and money into people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if I'm helping you design your merch and um, producing your merch, and you know, what I mean, I mm-hmm. should see a cut up. So I see that oh, yeah, part yeah. of it. Yeah. But it's really, it really comes down to the percentages that they're making per, you know, like the stuff like per stream is like 0.0043 cents. And it's just, it's yeah, really, it's, it's really, really sad on what their, the, 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 the people in power now, which are the DSP, Spotify, mm-hmm. they're sad what they're doing. But once again, people need to understand that we still have the power. We, we still can sell stuff off of our own websites. We can, mm-hmm. You know, I know Kanye tried to, or is doing this whole STEM player thing. I mean, there's so many yeah. different ways. And because of, you know, with analytics, you're able to hone in on who your actual following is and to market directly to them. So there, it's definitely there's possible. Options. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's definitely options and it can be more lucrative in the long run. You just have to have a good team that recognizes it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've taken a lot under your own wing and yeah. like you're doing a lot of things on your own. Yeah. You also, I mean, on top of music and and everything you're also doing a documentary yeah so i um it's it's funny i i I, i've always thought my life was somewhat interesting in the in the fact that i'm an entrepreneur my wife's an entrepreneur uh we have this autistic child uh um who is just just it's a challenge but she's just hilarious uh we have you know my older child who's an actress who's been in like you know movies and you know she's a musician herself so yeah it's it's sure. on a day-to-day basis there's so much kind of like there's so much comedy slash life lessons that we go through as a family that i always thought would be um cool to document in yeah. whatever way so like um, so I had one guy kind of following us around for a while and, and, you know, just to put it together, something, I didn't know exactly what it was. And, um, 
something something happened where he lost all the footage. What? Yeah. So that oh, that just, so after following us around for like a year or something, something just something crazy happened. So then I kind of didn't think much about it until I was doing some ad work for this uh, this agency, and they just you know I was doing something for some something they were pitching, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of just saw my life, how I was always on the phone. I'm, you know, juggling, you know, picking up my kids and my wife and all, doing all these different yeah. things. And they they saw it as a very uh, interesting piece. So they, they asked me to follow me around yeah. for, you know, like six months or stuff like that. So they, they followed me around and kind of got a chance to see the, the family dynamic and came up with this really, really um, powerful piece. It's like. 12 minutes like a short short documentary um and it's called um as long as i got you and it it really kind of highlights um the relationship with my daughter and i my autistic daughter and us going to therapies and uh, you know how she loves music and all these you know again just over our kind of family dynamic so yeah, that was something that, that we finished. Beautiful. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. I'm gonna give you guys a link to it. But yeah, it's I'd some, love to check it out. Yeah, it's something that we did. Wow, at this point, like three years ago, no, about two years ago, and we didn't put it out immediately because we wanted to give it to the film festivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we got a call back from one, but we didn't make it into whatever final thing. So then we were gonna start distributing it, distributing it via maybe Netflix or something like that, because mm. they have shorts. But then COVID happened, and then. Um, so, but we we still yeah. plan on using that documentary as a piece for one of our other initiatives, which is you know this uh, uh, campaign is called Michaela Moving Autism, mm-hmm. where we um, we have we're going to purchase a mobile a mobile bus that will go around to low income neighborhoods and help diagnose um, underprivileged kids because a lot of times wow. yeah yeah. They, yeah they don't they don't really get access to to therapies and they don't really know where to go. So the bus was gonna kind of travel around the city. So it, it started with that and that's very much gonna happen. But now we've leveled that up even more to a center. Um, uh, we just bought some land up off Memorial and it's gonna be a, a center for autistic kids and stuff. So it's wow, a, a lot of, as a family, we do a yeah, ton of that's, stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, yeah. I, I, I had a guest on the podcast not too long ago, so mm-hmm. I should totally connect you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, her name's Missy and yeah. she just founded a company called Beaming Health. Okay. And their mission is to reimagine autism. So nice. they're wanting to partner with people yeah. that are, you know, in in the autism movement yeah, and, and sure. all of that. So. Um, no, I just thought of that. I'll, I'll have to connect yeah, you definitely all at some point. Definitely connect us here for yeah. sure. Um, so for you, you and your wife, you know, you, you're both entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, what's, yeah. What's, what's that, that like? How do you support each other? And it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny because we both wake up and look at each other like, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? And we're like, I don't know. I'm just hustling. And then we just get yeah. up and just go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's I like, love that. Ready, break. And then it's just like non-stop meetings it's non-stop um I, don't, I mean we're you know we're meeting with contractors because we're building things like i like mm-hmm. i have a whole set of contractors building a studio she just finished with contractors building her uh boutique um to you know therapy for my daughter to yeah. 
it's so many different things that happen in the course of a day. It's just like a blur, but it all gets done. And we try our best to communicate. And um, we we try to give each other our, our time and our space to work. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. Um, so the challenge for me is um, working during the day mm. um, only because um, I always get called into stuff like random yeah. stuff. Like my, my son literally, before you guys got here, he was begging me to bring him Subway for lunch. I'm like, no, I'm not yeah. bringing you Subway yeah. for lunch. Like, yeah. I mean, but it's just nonstop, you know, the dog. It's, it's a nonstop stuff being at home. That's yeah. one thing where if I have a place and I'm not as accessible at my studio, mm. it'll definitely, definitely help. But um, it's a lot of uh, push and pull and just understanding that the person at the end of the day, we're both trying to chase our dreams and um, and we both align on just, I mean, we both have similar aspirations on building. Like we built this house. Yeah. We love building things, you know what I mean? So. Um, so that's, that's a big part of what we have going on in the future. We're at this point, we're developers now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sounds so, like y'all are a great match. Yeah. 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 But I, I'll give her a lot of the credit because there's a lot of stuff that I just, just didn't think we would do or have the foresight. Like see, she picked this land. Mm. We, she, we purchased this piece of land that we're sitting on now. I mean, years and years ago after she walked by. And said, I want to, I've always wanted to do this. And I'm like, yeah, we'll never be able to do it. We'll never be able to afford it. Just like we weren't be able, yeah. able to afford that house that we ended up buying. And she's like, yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can do it. We can do it. And then when we end up doing it, I'm like, holy yeah, yeah we did it. So. Well, I won't drop your location. This is yeah. an amazing spot. Thank you. It's Thank an you. amazing spot. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, yeah. It. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. I'm Thank like, you. I'm like, dang, I want to do the MTV crib. Yeah, I know. Right. right. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, that's all a part of. Like what I really want to do is some kind of reality show, but it has to be done tastefully. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So you know, I think to to kind of close this out, what I usually like to ask is: mm -hmm. Is there any advice you'd give to somebody that's maybe in a position that you were in? Yeah. Uh, you know, Ten years, whatever. A, yeah. a, a chunk of time ago, that yeah. you'd say, "Hey, you know," because it's so hard. Right? Yeah, it's hard. So it's, it's yeah, it's very very hard to. Um, become successful in the music industry. I would say uh, more so now than ever because once again, the technology's allowed so many people um, to be involved and so many people will look at it as an opportunity to just make money, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But I think the people that win and I would say you, you really have to love what you do and you always would you know wanna push the genre or whatever you're trying to do forward. Yeah. Um, because if not, you'll, if you're trying to make money, once again, you'll get stuck trying to be trendy and trends change and you get kind of phased out relatively mm -hmm. quick. But if you're known as somebody that can make radio records or timeless music, then you'll, you, you know, your phone will always ring. Like I rarely am calling people. I wake up to like calls because, because yeah. uh, people know what I kind of bring to the table. Um, but I would just say, you know, chase your dreams. Like it, it's there's it'll never feel like work if you're literally out there doing what you love. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter how hard it gets, how how much of a struggle it is, it, it it you know it's the best feeling to make a living off of making music that yeah. you know, that I love. So chase your dreams, be persistent, 
save your money, trust in God. And um, it de- if it happened to me, I mean, it could definitely happen. It could definitely happen. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, keep at it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do things you love, but yeah. it's probably harder to do things that suck. Yeah, right? yeah. That's you the know, thing. Like, that's the thing. Or, you know, I mean, and, and people think when I say do, do what you love, it's just like, I'm not saying quit your job immediately and stuff like that, but like put those hours in after mm-hmm. you get off of work. Yeah. It's just like. Like you did. Yeah. AM, oh my God. Beats. Yo, I yeah. don't sleep. I still don't sleep. Like mm-hmm. I don't, there's no time. I don't have time yeah. to sleep in and just play video games. Like I'm literally working. And if I'm not working uh, to, um, you know, on my career, I'm working on myself. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to work out and stay in shape. And yeah. before that, like I don't know how to play keys well. But now I'm like, you know what? I need to learn. So I got a piano teacher teaching me right hey. you know, early this morning. So it's like. Never getting stagnant. Yeah. Never getting stagnant. You got to evolve and, and, and always know that there's another level of, of. And there's also, there's somebody out there that's doing exactly what you're doing. And working a lot harder than you so i mean it's, it's really a competitive thing out here yeah man. yeah yeah man no that's that's so yeah. great man. It, yeah. it has been an absolute pleasure getting to talk Thanks, to you man. it was great it. to meet you, you well. um uh, for people that are trying to find you out there yep. could you you know what are your links what you yep. know where can, where can uh, they find instagram you? is produced by needles but spelled p-r-o-d-b-y needles n-e-e-d-l-z um Feel free to hit me up there um, or artculturegroup.com. That's that's my label. You, you'll start to see a lot more stuff um, with that with that um, the company kind of coming up. We got a big yeah. announcement. We're just waiting for some things to go through. We got a, a good partner um, to someone to partner with for this for this venture. But um, yeah. I mean, I'm not on Twitter as much, but really just hit me up on Instagram. That's probably okay. the best the best medium. Cool. And uh, yeah, I always I always respond and hit people back. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, yeah. thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks, man. This is uh, our episode of the Gem Series That's with good. Needles. That's All right. Good. Thanks, All right, man. man. Appreciate it. Hey, that was great. <laughs> thanks, that was man. Great. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Gem Series, the podcast for anybody dedicated to investing in themselves. If you'd like to see the resources mentioned in this episode, learn more about what we are up to at Rocket Level, or come over and join our team, just click on the links below. Until next time, this is Blake Chapman, and remember to be awesome and do awesome things.